The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from very hot and sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, And I'm so delighted to have you with us today. And as I always say, go to the self-improvement blog, take a look at our guest's picture, uh, read his bio. Please read a review of his amazingly good book. Um, There's some videos in the right column. There's three of Tom North. And there's one with Jerry Seinfeld, Bob Roth, and George Stephanopoulos talking about Transcendental Meditation. I really encourage you to take a look at those videos. None of them are very long, and they're all quite informative. According to National Casa for Children, every day in this country, something like 1,900 children become victims of abuse or neglect And four of them will die every day. We've had several guests on this show uh, prior who survived foster care. And now they're telling their stories of emotional, physical, and sexual abuse. And all of them had all three in almost every home they were in. Uh, And they're, they're making an attempt to change that system. Child abuse is a sad fact. It isn't always, though, in foster care, and things are not always like they seem in the house next door. Most of you have probably seen the movie Yours, Mine, and Ours. It's one of those cutesy, feel-good Hollywood films about one of those perfect families you see only on the big screen. Lucille Ball and Henry Fonda played the parents, and the family was portrayed as a comical and harmonious blend of Helen North's eight children, Frank Beardsley's ten children, and two of their children, as only Hollywood could contrive. But the movie and reality were far apart. Today's guest, Tom North, grew up there, and he tells us what it was really like living in that famous but abusive family. We're not talking about it to sensationalize it. I want you to realize that we're we're not here to do that. But to make us all aware of what's happening to children with the hope that we can bring greater awareness to the problem and bring safety and healing to the children because, yes, they can heal from it. 
Tom North is now a successful financial advisor, author, and inspirational speaker. As the 11th of the 20 Beardsley children made famous in that film, Yours, Mine, and Ours, Tom had firsthand experience of what it was like to grow up in the midst of abuse, and in their situation, they had to put a happy face on it. His book, True North, A Shocking Truth About Yours, Mine, and Ours, has won a Living Now Award gold medal, is recommended reading by the Washington Times, has garnered rave reviews by Writer's Digest, and is an Amazon bestseller. Tom North appears on radio and television shows and is a keynote speaker at organizations, companies, universities, and conferences. He is an official national sponsor of National CASA, which is court-appointed special advocates for children. And it is my absolute delight to welcome Tom North to the Self-Improvement Show. Tom, welcome. Thank you, Dr. Conlon. You know, and before we even get started, I want to tell people that this book is a page turner. You will not want to put it down. It is so well written and has so much really great stuff in it, as well as some of the the troubles. That it's it's really worth the read. I spent one whole day just reading this book because I couldn't put it down. My kids hate it when I do that, but. Um, you know, sometimes you just you just have to keep reading. Tom, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, who is Tom North? Thumbnail. Oh gosh, the thumbnail of who is Tom North? I would say that Tom North is a survivor of child abuse and domestic violence, who transformed himself into a happy, healthy, productive human being. I and think of you as a thriver. Is because I wanted to share the, the message that everyone who has had a difficult life can pick up the broken pieces of their lives and put them back together again and become happy and healthy and, uh, and, and uh, productive. And, and, you know, my, my take on it after I read the book is, you're a survivor and now a thriver. And that's a great but way to put it. You didn't just sit around thinking about all this. You're doing something about it. And, you know, that's really what I want people to hear. You know, I want them to know your story and, and how, what you did to survive, what things came into your life to help you do that. So you wrote the book to help other people who were, victims of abuse, other children who most of them have probably grown up now. So why don't you tell us a story? Tell us your story up to the movie, up to, you know, where the family's blended, and we'll take it from there. Sure, sure. You know, I think, and this reflects on your comment there about uh, being a, a survivor and a thriver, is, you know, for the first six years of my life, uh, my mother and father were very much in love, uh, as evidenced by a lot of hugging and kissing and laughter in the home and playing with their children. And, uh, and it was generally a very healthy family environment. However, um, that changed dramatically uh, when my father died. Now, those first six years were formative and I think set the... Uh, the direction for my life. I may have taken a detour during the Beardsley years, 
but it, I think it was very helpful in, in, in determining who I eventually came to be. So but, you started uh, to answer your question directly, in 1960, Frank, uh, 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 Richard North was killed as a Navy aviator. He was killed in a plane crash and left his wife, Helen North, with eight children. And within 15 months, she met a man, Frank Beardsley, who had 10 children, and they got married. So eight and 10 is ridiculous. Yes. But that's, that's what they did. They, they, within three years, they had two more children, so that makes 20. You know, my head spins when I just think about it, because two was a full-time job for me. Yes, yes. And so, uh, as I write in the book, uh, True North, The Shocking Truth About Yours, Mine, and Ours, that there are not eyes to see, nor ears to hear, nor arms to put around 20 children on a daily basis. Uh, it's, it's physically impossible, emotionally, and cognitively impossible to be there for 20 kids on a constant basis. So it's, I, I don't recommend 20 children families. No, no, not unless you have a couple nannies. Right. So, so then, yeah. um, to carry on with your question uh, about the backstory here, what happened when my mother, Helen North, married Frank Beardsley is that the story was carried in the newspapers as a human interest item, and Lucille Ball saw the story, and she called my mother and stepfather, and she said, I want to make a movie about the merger of these two big families. And so she came up with the idea for Yours, Mine, and Ours. And it was a wonderfully entertaining movie. It was funny, and it was, as you were saying, uh, left you with a fuzzy feeling, warm and fuzzy feeling. And it just, we can only wish that it was true. It just wasn't. It just wasn't. What were the big differences in, in the movie and what you experienced in that family? So, you know, the, the, the character of Frank Beardsley as portrayed by Henry Fonda was wise and loving and fair and calm, and he was everything that Frank Beardsley was not. Frank Beardsley was psychotic, and in the words of my younger sister, he was an ultra-violent, alcoholic, misogynistic pedophile. Wow. Which is a really horrible combination of descriptors, but that's who he was. Was he, this is not a nice way to say it, was he an equal opportunity abuser? Did all the children catch it? That's so interesting that you put it that way, because that's often how I describe him in conversation, is that he was an equal opportunity abuser. And uh, off air, we were talking about the tendency of, of uh, groups of children to form cliques and, uh, and sort of tribal affiliations. And uh, because he was an equal opportunity abuser, we all looked out for each other as much as we could and warned each other, he's in that other room, don't go in there. Oh, that's really interesting. So his own children um, felt the same 
fear. Yeah. <sighs> How was it living in a family that had been portrayed as such a one big happy group and it wasn't and everybody around you the kids at school the neighbors everybody in the in the town must have thought you had bliss on earth living in that family how on earth did you keep a happy face and and, and so that was crazy making we were as you were saying uh, expected by the community to reflect the story that they had seen on the big screen. And in, in spite of what we were experiencing, we had to promote that image. My mother particularly was very, very adamant that we promote the image created by yours, mine, and ours. What about and in Frank? fact, there's an anecdote that I share in the book where two of my sisters and I, I was about 10 years old at this time, we went up to the local Catholic church to get help after a particularly harrowing experience one evening. And having shared with the the Catholic priest what we were going through, he looked at me and he said, Tommy, I want you to go home and apologize to your father And, of course, my response was, he's not my father. And the priest said, oh, but of course he is. And I want you to apologize to him. And I want to see you in confession on Saturday morning, young man, to confess these sins that you're committing right now. And so we went home knowing that there was no one who was going to help us. Nobody had your back. No one had our back. The following day, I came home from school, and my mother called me with that tone in her voice that mothers use when a child is in trouble. And she said, young man, I was never so embarrassed as when Father Dudenay called me this morning and told me about your uh, telling him what goes on in this house. And she said, if you ever tell anyone what goes on in this household, it will be the last thing you ever do. Now get out of my sight. Oh, on that note, we're going to take a break and let everybody have a chance to breathe. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Tom North saying stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? 
Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Tom North. Uh, He's one of the children in the movie Yours, Mine, and Ours, only it's one of the real children, not one of the actors. And he's telling us the the real story behind that movie. We were talking at the break about how things got done a little bit because your mother couldn't possibly have done all that laundry, cooked all those meals. Some of the children were older, so I'm assuming that chores were handed out and everybody had to pitch in and help, including the little ones, but the older ones probably took a great deal of the load. Uh, is that? I don't know how else they could do it. Well, it's a great uh, observation. And as I mentioned in, in True North, that uh, Frank Beardsley was a military officer, and he ran his household like a combat unit. And so we had to have our beds made and our clothes folded and put away every day. And if we didn't, we were punished. And so uh, we made sure that that was something that got done. And we had Saturday chores. Everyone had their chores to do. Uh, and you couldn't go anywhere unless your chores were done. So there were, uh, from a very early age, uh, there was a tremendous amount of discipline and discipline isn't a bad thing no. when it's com- combined with love. But in the absence of love, it can be very damaging to children. Was there any love? Did some of the ch- older children you know, take over some of the younger children and, and love them? Was there any love in the household that you can remember growing up? Um, you know, it's an interesting question. Um, I, I talk in the middle of the book about my road to recovery from a childhood of domestic violence and child abuse. And one of the comments I make in the book is that um, when I began practicing TM, which we'll talk about a little bit later, um, I went back to the house to visit the kids, and I found myself giving a compliment, which was something that just didn't happen in the Beardsley household because the environment was so negative so much of the time. And so there wasn't love in the household. In fact, my brother said to me once with tears in his eyes, and this is a a man who was 40 years old, and he said, you know, I don't remember ever receiving a hug from my mother. Oh, wow. And I thought about that for a moment, and I said, you know, I didn't either. And so she was not an affectionate person. She was actually quite cold 
and uh, and very calculating in what she did. So, um, you know, she was not Lucille Ball. Do you remember from the time before your father died that she was loving? Did she hug then? Do you remember? Yes. And it's a really interesting uh, observation because she was a loving woman. She was uh, very affectionate. And uh, when my father died, a very large part of her died with him. Yes. I, I thought that in reading the book. Now, you were really good at a lot of things growing up. I mean, you and you you were so resourceful. You found ways to make money so that you could take scuba lessons and and do all kinds of things. You worked in the bakery, which was, I guess, the, the family business. Um, you fished. You you found a lot of ways to bring food into the family, and yet Frank was telling you you were a dummy and you weren't going to amount to anything were you able at that time to see how many things you did well you were good in sports at school now you were good at so many things i kept thinking this guy does everything did, did you ever realize your own abilities and any of your own worth well i was from a very early age, the uncontrollable child, and I had a, a curiosity and an excitement about just being alive that uh, drove my mother nuts because I, wasn't, I was never around. I was always out having adventures from a very early age. Which probably and, saved your and life. So that carried me through those difficult 11 Beardsley years. And, and yet, even so, I suffered from severe depression as a teenager as a function of all the things you've just described, uh, which is poor self-esteem and constantly being told that I was, uh, I was insignificant and that I was nothing without the other uh, 19 children and that I would never amount to anything as long as I lived. And that was the constant reminder I got from Frank Beardsley. And Did so any of I, the children... I knew better. I knew that I wasn't stupid. And I knew that I would amount to something in life. But it's really hard for children to overcome that kind of, uh, of uh, feedback from their parents. Incredibly and hard. so even my mother told me that I wasn't very bright and that I really shouldn't think about going to college because I wasn't cut out for it. And so I knew better, and uh, being the incorrigible child, I just went my own way. Did any of the children hear positive things about themselves? Were any of them reinforced as to who they were and what their abilities were and that they were good kids? Um, No. You know, Frank Beardsley, as you said earlier, was an equal opportunity abuser. And, And so we were all constantly, uh, you know, harangued and, and barraged with negative comments uh, from Frank. My mother uh, did her best for a while uh, to support the kids, but the logistics of running a family that large and the constant toll of negativity really wore on her. And so she succumbed to uh, the the pressures that were on her constantly on a daily basis, and she ended up 
feeding the children to Frank Beardsley to save herself. I can understand that. Was she afraid of him in some ways? Would he turn on her if she supported the children against him? Well, you know, there's an amazing thing about her. I'm sure she was afraid of him on some level, but she was so absolutely determined in the early years to save his children that he would raise his hand to hit her, and she would stand right up in his face and say, go ahead and see what happens. And he knew that if he struck her, it would be the last time he did that she would put him away. And, uh, and he never struck her. If he had struck her, I'd have killed him. And it prob- you probably would have had help. And I would have had help. There's a chapter in the book which is probably the more dramatic of the chapters, and it's called The 25-Cent Solution. Uh, And it is the story of how I almost came to killing him uh, as a teenager. Tell tell that story. I I mean, I held my breath on that. (laughs) So did I. (laughs) Um, When I was was 16 years old, uh, because my father had been a hunter and an outdoorsman, I wanted to also be an outdoorsman. And so I convinced my mother to allow me to, to become a hunter. And of course, to be a hunter, you have to have guns. So I bought a, a, a rifle and I bought a, a handgun. And the handgun was a, a 357 Magnum pistol. And it That's was a, a, a very boy. powerful gun. And so I realized when I got a hold of this gun very quickly that I had the solution to everyone's problem, which was Frank Beardsley. And I, I resolved to, to kill him, to shoot him. And so as I describe in the book, I went through all kinds of angst and anguish, but I finally decided to shoot him. And so I went up to his room one night and uh, stood outside the door And I had a vision of what would follow after I had killed him. And it was not a pretty picture. And I realized that society would condemn me for not only killing Frank Beardsley, but for killing Henry Fonda and the character that he played. I hadn't thought about that, but that's absolutely right, isn't it? Yeah. And so because of the impression that society had about this family, and they would wonder, who is this crazy boy, Tom, who went and killed Henry Fonda? And so I realized that I would be put away for life and that I would be, uh, I would be uh, criticized and condemned by everyone. And I realized that this would not have any positive re- repercussions for anyone. And so I chose not to do that. Did and, anybody uh, else it, know that you were doing that? Did did you share that with any of the other children? Did did anybody know? Well, I did. I shared it with uh, with some of my brothers and sisters, and uh, and they just you know they were under stress and pressure of their own, and they just shook their heads and walked away. They they couldn't even handle the idea. Well, they couldn't say, go do it, and, and, and they might not have wanted to say, don't do it. <laughs> right, right. It's very conflicting 
emotions come up at a time like that. And so we have you now growing up. And on that note, we're going to take a break and come back and find out how things turned around. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Tom North. Thanks. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the Self-Improvement Show. Have you ever noticed that sometimes life just feels easier, especially when judgment of you or anyone else ceases to exist? What if you could function from that space all the time? What if gratitude is the key? Every time you are grateful for someone or something, a new universe opens up. What difference can you create in your life and the world from the energy, space, and consciousness of gratitude? Join us on Access Consciousness Presents Beyond Saying Thank You every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, voiceamericaempowerment.com. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back. My guest today is Tom North. We're talking about his book that talks about the movie Yours, Mine, and Ours, which he was a part of. He was the 11th of those 20 children. Tom, you didn't have an easy childhood, I'd say. You know, growing up in high school, it's really important to have friends and, you know, be in the social mix of things and sports and all of those things. What got you through high school? Did you have somebody that you could confide in? Did somebody have your back? How did you get through it? Well, 
the way I got through it was being home as little as is possible. And I did have friends in high school. Uh, I had three very close friends that we palled around all the time and, uh, and had as many adventures as we could. And uh, so, so my survival was a function of going out into nature. And so I went to the beach, I went to the river, to the mountains and the woods to find some peace of mind. However, during my high school years, I was quite erratic. Uh, I would get uh, very good grades on, uh, on papers. And as I talk about in the book, uh, for example, I was asked to play in a drama class the role of Falstaff in The Merry Wives of Windsor. And no, it was such a big role. There's over 400 lines for this role, and no one would take it. So I took it, and I did really well. Um, so I was asked to play the lead in the next drama production, and um, I cut the class the entire quarter, and I, I just didn't go. And I was, I was kind of... I was suffering from severe depression, and I couldn't believe that I could be successful at anything because I had no self-confidence. I had self-confidence, and then I didn't, and it was schizophrenic. Um, so um, my report card in high school is a disaster because of my erratic behavior, because of the depression that I suffered. And nobody was aware of that depression? No, nobody was aware. One of my neighbors uh, was that drama teacher, uh, one of my neighbors for about 20 years, and, uh, and he said, I, I, we're, I was telling him about this and when the book came out, and he said, I had no idea. I had no way of knowing. And, and many of my best friends, when they read the book, they said, I didn't know. There's no end. And because we were all terrified, and we, we kept it to ourselves. We just didn't let anyone know what was going on in the household. And this is the problem with people who experience domestic violence and child abuse, is that they have a tendency to develop a sense of shame and guilt around it, and they isolate themselves. Well, the I abuser did. usually makes them feel like it's their fault. And That's right. often threatens them, if That's you tell, I'll do this terrible thing. Yeah, that's what happens. So I was a disaster as a teenager, um, and as I as I was uh, growing older, I was fortunate to stay out of you know the trouble with the law. Uh, but I did self medicate with recreational drugs, and uh, and suffered from severe depression. When I was twenty two, I was introduced by a friend to Transcendental Meditation. That's my next question. Let's talk about how you got there. So that was the beginning of my recovery. And I remember on the very first day that I learned TM, I, well, that was the day that I went to visit the kids back at home, and I gave my sister a compliment. And she so was going you, out on a date. You move out of, when did you move out of the house? I moved out when I was 17 years old. As soon as I could possibly move out, I did. After you graduated from high school or before? After I moved out, after I graduated from high school. Okay. And at 22, you were introduced to TM and... Oh, and, and, and so I went back to the house and my sister was looking very cute. She was going out on a date 
and I complimented her. I said, you look great. And it shocked both of us because in the Beardsley household, we didn't give compliments. And she said, what have you done? There's something different about you. And I said, well, this morning I learned to practice transcendental meditation. And she said, well, I want to do that because you're different. And so that was the beginning of my recovery. And I am so grateful to that friend for having introduced me to TM because it's been a real foundation stone of my adult life. Oh, it led you into, you know, a path of success, actually. It put you on a totally different path. And and that was a process of daily uh, practice and accumulation. You know, when we meditate, and it doesn't matter whether you practice TM or a mindful meditation or a contemplative meditation, to some degree you're experiencing a subtler level of your own awareness. And when we do that, when we experience quieter levels of our own awareness, our own consciousness, we infuse some of that silence, some of that pure being into our consciousness, and that's cumulative. And the more we do it, the more we infuse that being, and the more expressive and creative we become. And the change can be so subtle that you're not aware of it, but people who haven't seen you for a while certainly are. That's correct. You were so excited about Transcendental Meditation. It comes through in the book. I'm thinking, I wish I could be that excited about meditation. (laughs) it's, It's so critical for any kind of spiritual path and, you know, for just joy in your life. And I'm thinking, this kid at 22 realizes there's something so rich here. Tell us about how, you know, where it led you. you know, well, how, first how, of all, it yeah. might be great for your listeners to understand that, that uh, those two words, transcendental meditation, transcendental means to go beyond, and meditation is thought. The, two, the, the words are synonymous. Meditation and thought are the same thing. And so when we combine those words, transcendental meditation, what it means is that we go beyond thought. And so while we're going beyond thought, we're experiencing silence within ourselves. And that silence is the source of all of our creativity and our intelligence. And the more we meditate, the smarter we get, the more intelligence and creativity we infuse into our lives. So when I learned that, uh, that this was available, I began to practice TM right away. And uh, I asked my TM teacher, how can I do more of this? This is so wonderful. I want to do this all the time. And she said, well, you can't do it all the time. You have to alternate your rest, your TM, and activity. And by resting... Uh, around the activity, you will make the activity that much better. And she said, but there is a university that is in Fairfield, Iowa, called Maharishi International University that you can go to, and they have longer meditation programs there. And so I said, that's it, I'm going. So I became a student there. And I was Okay, you, how did you bridge the gap between being too dumb to go to college 
and going to college knowing that you have somehow had to find a way to pay for it and do all those things. How did you get from being too dumb to go to college to going to some other state where you didn't know anybody um, and go to college? Well, I knew that I wasn't dumb. I refused to Good. accept that. And so I was just desperate to go to college. And, and there are times in our lives when if we just have the intention, the means of achieving a goal will be made available to us. And I had nothing. I, I had about $500 in the bank. And I just decided I was going to go. And I, I got a job in Alaska uh, on a fishing boat, and I made enough over a summer to pay for one semester. And that was all I had. And I wasn't going to let that hold me back. I just went. And everything unfolded from there. And it, it always will. Now, it, it, it always will with the kind of strong intention you had. I mean, the universe is going to take care of you. It just is. Um, so you went to college to because they had TM, but you also learned to make a living. I mean, you studied um, a real genuine subject. What did you major in? They're a college of business, actually, anyway, aren't they? College of management. Yeah. And so I studied business administration. My next-door neighbor had, uh, when I was a, a boy, had uh, he was the superintendent of the local school district. And he told me, he said, he said what are you going to study in, in college? And I said, well, I don't know. And he said, well, then start with business because business helps you to order your mind. And I thought, well, if there was ever a mind that needed ordering, it's mine. And so I, I said, okay, well, that's what I'm going to do. So I studied business administration, and it was really a, a great experience. And he was right. Great advice. And you continued with meditation. And that, the beauty of it was is that meditation was part of the curriculum. And so all of the students, whether they studied physics or music or literature or biology, uh, uh, it didn't matter. Everyone meditated every day. And the theory was, for establishing this university in the first place, was that if meditation reduces stress, then by combining a lower stress environment with accelerated learning, we could accomplish more in less time. We could learn more in less time. And that's, in fact, what takes place at uh, what is now Maharishi University of Management. And on that note, we're going to go to break and we'll learn a little more when we come back. So stay tuned. We'll talk more with Tom North in just a minute. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. 
It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Tom North, and I think we need another hour because there's still so much to say. Uh, Tom, how, how did you change? Oh, no, wait just a minute. Before we get into how did you change, please tell my listeners how they can find you on the Internet or how they can reach you if they want to contact you. Oh, thank you for that, Irene. Um, basically, I have a website which is truenorthbytomnorth.com. And the book is sold on the website. It's also sold on Amazon or wherever books are sold. However, because I'm a national sponsor of CASA, Court Appointed Special Advocates for Children, if you buy the book on the website, 10% of the proceeds goes to national CASA. Oh, and I wanted to talk a little bit about CASA. Ah, let's talk just a little bit about CASA. Tell sure. us what they do. They're so important. They do such great work. Yes. Now, I just came from the National Convention, which was held uh, in the first week of, of July here. And uh, it was a marvelous experience. 1,200 volunteers and, and uh, staff people came from all over the country to Dallas, Texas. And it's, I was just so impressed with the organization and the people and the compassion that they have for 
children who find themselves in the foster care system. And I just, uh, I just have all, all good things to say about CASA. It's a fantastic organization. So if any of your listeners have an intention to help children, call your local CASA chapter. And uh, in Florida, it's, uh, it's uh, oh gosh, I forgot the name of it. It's Guardians Ad Litem in Florida, but in the West, it's, it's mostly CASA. Fantastic. What's your life like now, Tom? Well, I'm married. I've been married for uh, 33 years in September, and I have two adult children who are 27 and 24 years old, uh, both girls, and uh, they're both uh, college graduates. One's in graduate school, and, and uh, one is... Um, just out there having a good time. <laughs> but, well, you know, uh, we always have one. Yeah, yeah. Does that? Yeah. So um, I am writing more and more. I have another book on the way. It's called "The Economics of Spiritual Transformation," uh-huh. and uh, oh. it's about how we express our energy uh, through the chakra system. Oh, that's and, lovely. Be and, sure I get a copy. We'll have you back on. Oh, I'd love to do that. That would be a lot of fun. How um, has this book been received? Uh, extremely well by most. Yes, yes. So I, I have gotten very good reviews with Tr- True North, The Shocking Truth About Yours, Mine, and Ours. And it's the best thing is, is it's been helping people. Um, I mentioned off uh, off the air that one of the things that people say to me is that that they often have had difficulty with their emotions around their childhood. And what they find, having read True North, is that they find a voice that they never had. And so I I can't ask for anything more rewarding than that. Your book hits a lot of chords and a lot of nerves in most of us, I, you know, there are very few people who had a perfect childhood. I, I think childhood is a time to learn a lot of things. Unfortunately, some learn things that are very, very difficult at a very, very early age. Um, that's not so great. But um, <laughs> I, I lost my thought. Uh, you, you have a lot of good comments about your book. And, and, and you know, this book... For most of us, is a must-read, and anybody who works with children should read this book. How can people get involved in Transcendental Meditation? I know this isn't something you can just pick up a book and read about. Well, there is a book that was published a long time ago. You can find it on uh, Amazon, used, um, generally used, but it's called the TM Book, and uh, it, it, it's called TM Book, the TM Book, how to enjoy the rest of your life. And, uh, and I give this book away as gifts to people when they uh, express an interest in learning TM. But you can also go to tm.org, uh, tm.org, and they have a little search engine. You put your, your, your zip code in there, and they'll tell you where the local TM center nearest you is. Um, there's also an organization called the David Lynch Foundation, and David Lynch is a filmmaker who is devoting his life uh, and his considerable fortune that he's made from making movies uh, to helping people begin to learn uh, transcendental meditation. 
And so he sponsors scholarships all over the country for people who, uh, for some reason or other, can't afford. So the uh, davidlynchfoundation.org is another website that's very useful. Oh, that's nice to know because you know, to take T- take the course in TM is not, it's not expensive, but it's not cheap either. And for people who have little funds, it might be a, a long stretch. And um, it, it's such a good, it's such a wonderful tool. I don't know what I don't know what category to put it in. So I'm going to put it in the tool category. Well, but, I do you too. Know. You know, I, I call it a wonderful life skill. And, and I think that's what it is. It's a life skill, like good communication skills. Oh, yeah, nice. That, that's a good way to put it. I'll have to remember that. We're getting right up toward the end of the show, so I want to give you plenty of time to answer this question. <laughs> What's the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today? So the thought that I would like to leave with listeners is that, is that basically life isn't fair. Uh, we all have challenges in our lives, and it is, regardless of how difficult our lives have been, it is possible to pick up the broken pieces of our lives and put them back together again and become a happy, healthy, productive human being and inspire others to do the same. And there is a, a poem in my book that is also on the bookmark that comes with the book, and it's called The Light Poem. And it's really all about finding the light within yourself and shining that light to others. And that's what I would like to leave your listeners with. Oh, that's a lovely message. We have time for just one brief thing. It's okay. And this, I loved this piece in your book that you got a group of you children together and had some counseling, and even involved your mother and Frank before they passed. And I thought that was such a strong thing that you asked for help and were able to benefit from it. Would you recommend, you know, you, you searched count out a good counselor, but, you know, that certainly was a piece in your healing, would you say? Oh, absolutely. And, and what's really important there uh, is that is that no one can do this on their own. Uh, if you think you can do this on your own, you're delusional. Everyone yeah. needs help. And so it's, we, there, there are lots and lots of wonderful professional people out there, psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, mental health workers of various kinds. And if you feel that you need help, go get it. It's there for you. Uh, you just have to ask. And, and that's a very important thing for people to realize. Absolutely. Tom, thank you so, so much for being with us today. Your book is such an inspiration, and I know it's going to be a, a piece of healing for many, many people in this country. Thank you for being with us. Well, thank you for having me on your show. It's been a joy. I hope that book comes out soon and we can have you back. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Tom North saying thank you so much for being with us today. Come back next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. 
Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.